Welcome to the podcast Rise and Play. I am Sophie Vaux, your podcast host. I bring together leaders, entrepreneurs, fund makers, investors, and educators who are here to make a change in the industry. For a brighter and healthier future of the games we will make, and how we will make them. We're here to start a conversation because listening and asking the hard questions is sometimes enough to inspire change in us, to take the leap to. Let's begin. Module 1.6, crystallize your team vision. So as we go forward in the hiring, before going to look into hiring specific individuals, it is very important that you have a strong idea of the team you are trying to build and not look at it again at individual levels, but as a whole. And what is important when you look at a team vision? First, understand your team values. What are the values that are very important for you in this team that uh, will help execute your mission and vision? That's why I mentioned previously to really understand your personal values because they will reflect in some ways in your team values and what you will look into candidates, individuals who will join your team. And second, beyond the team values, you want to look at the team composition. And I will go further into that. Um, but team composition is really thinking about who do you need in the team? What are the skills? Um, what are the different backgrounds? Uh, how many people? Uh, what level of seniority you want to have in the team? And then role priorities. So as you start to hire and you mapped out your team vision, what are the first roles you absolutely need at the beginning to get started? What are the roles that you will need one after another? And what are the roles that can come uh, on a secondary level? So think of the most important roles that you need to get started uh, and that will define as a point of reference your future roles and the future team members. And at last, it's a question I often had as well uh, from um, people from the industry when building a team. When you look at the number of people you need at the beginning, when is it the right time to scale? Think about it. How many people do you need to get started to prove what you want to prove, uh, to show traction for your MVP? And when is a good time to scale? From which point do you scale and which size? So think and map out all these elements when it comes to team values. What is the composition of your team? What are the priorities of the roles? And at last, what are the different stages that you will scale on the team from a side of small size to bigger size? Let's go now in details about each point. So here I want to share about the team values, my own team values. And these are four. These team values, I have had them for, I would say, quite a few years now. And they are derived directly from my own personal values and what I believe as a team, as a group, would give us the best chances to succeed in this industry, in this market, very competitive, as you know. And let me go uh, one by one by, for each point. So growth mindset. For me, it's really important to have people who have really a mindset of learning, um, making mistakes, asking questions, asking for help, and really that passion and hunger for learning and grow. 
because we're in an industry that moves really fast and evolves, I would say, if not months, but years, each year. And I expect people to know that there will be changes, that we have to change our way and revisit our way and question it and embrace it and be fine with that. And that's not for everyone. So this is one point that is very important for me. Second, intellectual humility. And also I'll detail more about that, what it means uh, for me. But here it's really about understanding differences and different viewpoints in a group, respecting this and making it a strength by using different viewpoints when it's about making a decision, valuing other viewpoints and being critical when having a view or a solution about something that there might be different solutions and seeing the strengths of this. And it takes humility and intellectual humility to be able to admit that you may not be always right or may not have the ultimate truth and it's more collective intelligence um, that appears when you have a diverse group. My third value, team player. So team player um, groups are, uh, several values that are important for me in a team. And behind this is caring, caring for each other, uh, wanting to be in a team, um, supporting each other to have the best result as a group and not just individually. So I think really about team player like in a sport team. You go for the win, but as a group. And you understand that each, uh, everybody in the group has a specific role and complementary role to each other to make the group succeed. And at last, player-centric. It's one also of important team values because in the end, I've seen a lot in the industry, people coming with dreams of making their own game, uh, the game for themselves that they dream of making, and there is nothing wrong about that. However, when you join an organization or a studio where the mission is to make a game that is a financial success, game as a business, there's a certain reality that we are not making games for ourselves, but we are making games for an audience, for players. And I want people who love to make a game for others that are very conscious about it, but also very proud, uh, very interested in creating a, an exceptional experience for people other than them. So these are my 14 values. So when uh, also you take the time to reflect on your own values, map out and write down what are your team values and what will you evaluate in candidates to make sure that they will fit to your team. Then next, team composition. So team composition for me is really like a balance. And uh, in this image, I chose to um, illustrate what team composition means to me. It's really about the whole. And maybe in some context, you have a group of individuals that would work really well, but in others, this mix may not work well with a specific mission they have. So it's really an exercise of balance. When you have a first person joining, it will define a lot the, uh, for the other people, what type of people may match to come second, third, etc, etc. And as you add more people to the group, it's really an exercise of balance to keep it all together and not just adding people and thinking it will work for the best. 
And let's go further here. When I think about uh, team composition, uh, I think also about the diversity in the group. And by diversity, it's not only about um, diversity in gender, as we know, but diversity in many ways, cognitive, in the background. And for example, in the studio I've built in Berlin, I was really looking carefully to have people that have a very rich and different background when it comes to their personal experience. So for example, I have people who have an experience in architecture, a uh, long time ago before they became a developer, or people who have more background in art, in cinema, some even uh, have um, a diploma in science. So they're just very rich backgrounds. So we have people that uh, come with different experiences, different views of the world, and, and bring to the table really their own lens, their perspective that makes the discussion very rich for the best solutions. Another type of diversity I'm looking for when I look at team composition is different ways of thinking. And that has nothing to do with certain nationalities or uh, whether you're a woman or a man, but more really how cognitively you see the world and you think. And all of this has, a, has an origin in the way you were raised, um, in the culture you were raised, the education you received, the environment you grew up in and maybe sometimes genetics as well. But nevertheless, it's important to understand that people may have different ways of thinking and to be sure that you don't have too much of one type of thinking in your team, but different and diverse type of thinking. Cultural diversity is another type of diversity and this is more one obvious in the surface, but it has actually um, quite some realities as well when you have a group with different cultures. And in our case here, I wanted to show uh, the composition of our team. And out of uh, 14 people we are now, it's indeed, we have 12 nationalities. And it's very rich and it's very diverse, but it also presents its own challenges, but also its uh, best opportunities. And let me get into that. So for example, here, uh, I take these references from the book of Culture Map that I highly recommend if you yourself as a very diverse uh, cultural team. But when you have a very cultural team, of course, there are different uh, behaviors and different uh, ways of uh, dealing with situations that are based on the culture and history of people. And it's very important as you uh, grow a group like this to be aware about these differences. And here is just some example about how these differences can be. I don't know, in how you express yourself, how you're visible on a facial expression, or the words you use, even the open communication you can have, or um, it can translate as well in how you have conflicts. Is it direct? Is this indirect? Um, are you comfortable with conflicts? And that can be highly influenced by the culture. So be mindful and very aware of what it means in your team to also work with these differences. So it doesn't become um, a hurdle to work with a diverse team, but become a strength. And what about gender diversity as we get there? So gender diversity is quite also a big topic, as we know in the industry. And that's why I wanted to touch this one as well. It's not the only one when I think about diversity, but I think it's important to uh, look at it. And I want to look at it first, uh, really, at the level of hiring and recruitment. And these are my statistics when I early recruited um, the team in Berlin a year ago. 
But I was really disappointed and uh, actually really sad. But I didn't manage to recruit a good uh, gender diversity in the team. And I asked myself, why is that? Uh, is it that hard to actually have more diverse team in gen and gender? Or what did I do wrong, basically? And when I investigated, I realized as well, the number of applicants in uh, the system uh, to our team were also not very diversified. And that made me realize this is actually where the problem made be. Like I didn't have so many candidates in the pipe, so as a result, it's not a surprise that my first team members are only men. So I was not happy about that. And um, what I did then to try to overcome this was I had to find more applicants or source more uh, candidates with more diversity. And maybe I couldn't uh, find maybe more women candidates um, just by waiting and passively and, and, and see who comes to me. And that is not a way to source candidates. So I decided to be very active in all the groups and networks and communities. I knew there would be many women in tech or women in games. Just going there, being, uh, making myself visible, talking to people. Hey, look, these are the positions I have. Do you want to hear about it? And so on and so on. And as a result, that changed actually everything. Because as I sourced heavily in some networks and places where I could find a better balance of candidates, I managed actually to get more applications in the system. And as a result, I managed as well to get more diversity, at least in gender diversity, in my team. Because I had to be very active in sourcing as well many candidates, so I have a good balance and pool of diversity in the candidates I source. So again here, when you think about your team composition with the intention of having a good mix, think again about where and uh, what is the composition of sourcing you should have. And as a result, I wanted to, so, to share this uh, quick uh, fun statistics of a team. So that's our, um, our statistics in the team today. And um, I'm really happy that I have a good gender diversity by craft as well, and as I've read in the statistic of the industry, in-game teams is usually 15-20%, so I'm really happy that we are above. Unfortunately, in engineering, it's much more challenging. And as I talked around in the industry about this particular topic, I know why. Indeed, it's really hard to have more women in engineering positions, and I really believe in the way to have more in the future uh, also women engineers is for education and accompanying women who graduate from uh, the coding schools to be more integrated as well in the game teams and big studios. So I have a big hope for the future and for now it is what it is, but I see already the change and with uh, many programs that help to be more inclusive uh, to women to encourage as well uh, to program. And why does all of this matters? to have a group and think of a team composition and diversity. So here I want to give you an example that I took from um, the book Dream Team. But the problem when you have a group and everyone thinks the same way, have the same experience, same background, then everyone have the same obvious solutions. And it, it's good. It's a, it's a quick consensus. It's a way to really get quickly to 
an agreement and a decision. But in a context where, for example, in a very competitive market, you are looking to build something innovative, new, fresh, different, with the same group, with the same thinking, it, it is very hard to see other solutions, even better solutions. And that's where somebody different comes in the group and will come with a, a different solution. And by uh, confronting this different solution with a group uh, that may have also different ideas, comes a better solution on top. And this is the beauty of having diversity of thinking, of experiences, um, of culture in a group. You get to incredible creative solutions that you couldn't come up with just the same group with the same thinking. And here I want to show as well um, in a graph where you can get when you have diversity in a group. Because if a group is norming a little too much, well, everyone stays the same, uh, conform, stagnates, and after a while, you know, in this uh, world and uh, in this market, if you don't innovate or create, you die as a company and as an organization. So it's really important then to stay really in what I see and call as a zone of possibility where you have enough tension that it creates really that um, energy, positive energy of something new, something different, a, a very smart solution, but not too far that it would cause destruction. And that's where you want to get when you think of a team composition. Thanks for listening to this new episode of Raise and Plague podcast. If you enjoyed the content and want to support what we're doing, rate and review the podcast, spread the word about it. If you'd like to contribute to the change too, reach out to me on LinkedIn for a collaboration. You'll find all the rest of the content on riseandplay.io, including my free masterclass on conscious leadership. Until the next time, 